Hey, what's up? Let's get into another episode of Song Reviews. I absolutely love doing this because it's just a really cool tool for me to use to be able to rack my brain on songwriting, and we can all collectively get better by thinking about songwriting critically like this. And uh, I really love doing this, and according to the numbers, you guys love these things as well. So I really appreciate you being here. And real quick, I want to announce something very exciting. I have been hit up by a lot of bands to do things like this privately. And I have done it, and I really, really enjoy it, and it's really beneficial for both parties. But I want to take it to another level. I don't want to just review music. I want to help people along the way. So now on my Patreon, there is an artist tier. That artist tier is going to be very limited because I plan to dedicate a good amount of time to each artist that is on it. So here's what we're going to do. Two times a month, bi-weekly, we're going to get together, me and you and your band, to talk about not only just your music, but also to create a roadmap to get you guys to achieve your goals and to have a better operation of everything that you're doing, right? And not only those two calls a month, but also we're going to have a private channel on my Discord for me, my assistant, and your band where we can communicate at all times to push everything along the path that we decide to work towards. So you will have full-time access to me and my assistant to help your band uh, achieve your goals and the things that you're trying to do. So this isn't just about bettering your music with you know, me reviewing your music before you put it out and helping you really find that sound and find that niche, but also just the operation of your band and helping you guys get to that point that you really want to, right? And so the artist here, again, is going to be very limited. And if you're not in a band, I have also revitalized the members tier of the Patreon. It's only $3 a month. And what you get is exclusive content from the podcast, like the after show recap with each guest. I personally deep dive the conversation and my takeaways from it. You also get the icebreaker questions with each guest. I ask them some icebreakers before the podcast actually starts. As well as the exclusive content, it is also you supporting us doing this podcast full-time and getting these voices out of so many people in the music industry. And I really, I appreciate all the support, even if you're not on the Patreon and you're here listening. I appreciate it so much. I am Johnny McBee. This is the Burn This World Podcast. All right, let's get into the first song of this episode, and we're listening to Circle of Fools, and the song is called Our Digital Drug.
And that was Circus of Fools, song called Our Digital Drug. Very, very solid. Um, the production was perfect, like really flawless production. Um, and one thing I really loved, I mean, I love anything that has a lot of orchestral stuff or a lot of melody involved. And this song has melody throughout, like the whole time. And the production on the string sounded really good. I, I liked it a lot. And just so much melody, both between the strings and then also the voices. And one thing I really loved about the voices themselves, they did a super good job on having two dynamic voices, right? They had the scream and then they had the singing and they didn't clash at all. They very they did really good on like a question and answer type thing. One vocalist does something, the other vocalist follows it up. It was all thematic. Um, I also, the name of the band and the sound of the music match very well. So they are cohesive on their branding. And so Circle of Fools, they really have this going on. It's really good. I would say the only thing that like at the very end, they picked up the energy at some point throughout the song, they could have done like picked up the energy in some way, shape or form earlier. But beyond that, the overall, this isn't like a band that necessarily needs like a you know, massive breakdown or something like that. The melodies really carry it. The theme really carries it. Like I think about the band Avatar, you know, that sort of vibe. Um, that's what this band is really needs to focus on is basically a theme, a vibe, and then just having really solid music that is, um, you know, not too overbearing. And so really, really good stuff. Circle of Fools, our digital drug. Uh, super solid. Really good song to start with for sure. And our next band right here is called Stoneside with the so song called Cold Dead Hands.
That was Cold Dead Hand by a band called Stoneside. Uh, now, that song was on another level. Um, like, really, anyone listening to that, 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 you know for a fact that stands out a lot uh, in so many different ways and in a lot of ways that I personally absolutely love. That is like, I could listen to this a lot, like, because it's the perfect mix of, like, chill, intensity, and emotion it's it was just absolutely perfect for that like if you're just kind of chilling like i could imagine driving in the car having the windows down on a day that i'm you know a little stressed or something and having that on and it being like the absolute perfect mix it's it was just so sick um really unique sounds in a lot of the tones and in the electronics and everything really unique sounds going throughout that song absolutely flawless freaking singing voice like not even close to not being considered flawless um unique very ambient and his like pitched yell whenever he hit those higher notes like perfect literally perfect i'd be so interested to hear a lot of this other bands like a lot of their songs i need to listen to more 100 percent um a couple gripes uh which there's not much and it's little details that maybe i heard but no one else might not pick up on but like in the very beginning when that first kind of like breakdown thing hits you can hear the guitars like you can hear the uh them like closing the chugs or closing the notes so just guitar pr- production wise could have been done a little differently i think that the gain was probably just a little bit too high to where you could hear those notes but even if you can hear that like closing the guitar strings editing wise you can get into the editing and make it to where you don't hear those little clicks and clanks of the like physically closing the strings on the guitar uh and then um the drums i i feel like these drums were definitely programmed um i i think that a song like this could have used a lot of really dynamic drumming um you know really soft stuff and then building up to being really intense a lot of ghost notes a lot of little accents you know stuff like that i think really thrives in music like this because drums are capable of being super super dynamic but if these drums are programmed um you know they're basically just slamming and so could have used a little bit different production side of stuff but the song itself was phenomenal um like really i i want to hear more i want to listen to more i want to find more about this band i'm about to follow them right now they have 785 monthly listeners um wait a second i know these guys (laughs) wait wait i just clicked on their profile and looked at uh their singer is right there on the main picture and his mask super recognizable we played with these guys on our last tour in houston that is hilarious these guys are sick uh they they did really well too and so everyone needs to go check out stoneside um that song was crazy uh, i love it I'm, I'm gonna follow them right now and yeah we played with these guys in houston i talked to their vocalist backstage uh for a little bit and so and they were good people too i'm pretty sure that their drummer let us use a kick trigger because ours was busted so thanks for that as well um so yeah that was stone side cold dead hand amazing really really amazing that was that was sick um oh and the singer pulled it off live too he did really well all right let's get into the next artist uh this band is called king of nothing and the song is called splinter cell Yeah. 
That was King of Nothing with a song called Splinter Cell. Uh, I like the name. King of Nothing, really cool name. I watched a show called Centaur World, and uh, the main villain, I guess, if that for lack of better words, uh, is called the Nowhere King. And so, I don't know, King of Nothing just kind of reminded me of that. Uh, but overall, song is heavy. This type of song pops off live. Um, I really love stuff that has, like, slow, heavy chugs is just some of my favorite crap like old oceano that sort of stuff uh really slow heavy chugs and so they implemented that here and the song grooved like you know if you if you pictured this live everyone would sit in there be bobbing their heads you know jamming um the only issue that i have with that is that it was that vibe the whole time pretty much like that bobby that same tempo the drums doing the 
uh, snare on three beat, you know, one, two, four, one, two, four. It was doing that beat pretty much the whole time. A couple little halftime parts and a couple of times when it got a little, you know, slightly trickier than that. But overall had the same feel. Um, one thing I noticed a lot um, with a lot of bands um, about this size is a lot of it is self-produced, which is totally fine. But a lot of that also means it's programmed drums a lot of times done by a guitarist or someone that's not necessarily a drummer. So the drums tend to not be very dynamic. Um like the drum beat being very similar the whole time. And then especially not a lot of drum fills um, transitioning the parts. And so that was something that very much so stood out to me, the drums being um, very samey throughout. So there just needs to be some fills to really transition parts and then also to keep it dynamic. Um, but overall, the song would pop off. I know Hardcore Keen would like this. I really like the bridge at 150. The tone of that and the ambience of it was perfect. Um, and... Also, I like that they were do using a lot of dissonance. So this type of band, um, you know, not everything has to be melodic in the sense of like pretty melodies, but they're more so doing like dissonant melodies where um, there's a lot of clashing tones. There's a lot of, um, you know, chromatic played riffs to where it's not following a scale particularly. And so I really like that it was dissonant, but I do wish that there were some parts that did bring in like a proper melody, um, which that middle bridge kind of did. And so that's maybe why the middle bridge was part of my favorite section. Um, and the breakdown that hit at 30 seconds, I freaking loved that. It just, it kind of popped and came kind of out of nowhere. Um, and I loved the, the groove of it. You know, it was really bouncy tempo and really bouncy uh, chug pattern. And so could really appreciate that and so yeah that was king of nothing with the song called splinter cell real heavy stuff would really pop off live i can appreciate that let's get into the next band this song is called traitor and the band is called rdmr i, I don't know if that's supposed to if i'm supposed to like read that but rdmr with the song called traitor
And that was RDMR with a song called Traitor. Um, good energy. Uh, definitely like very hardcore influence song. This Stuff like this is 100% meant for the live audience. And, you know, I can, I can really appreciate stuff like that. I, whenever I write my music, it's 100% garnered towards a live audience. And this stuff definitely is as well. Um, I love the vocals. I, you can understand every freaking word this dude says. And in this style of music, a lot of times, you know, the content of the lyrics is the most important part, you know, uh, just the energy and then the lyrical content. That's a lot of times the most important part in this type of genre, I feel like um, not in metal as a whole, but more in the hardcore scene. Very, very important aspect of it. And so I can I really like that you can understand everything he says. And he did interesting patterns throughout the song. Um you know, he did kind of repeat a lot of that main, that main, uh, uh, I don't, I don't want to say melody. I want to say melody, that main melody, but it's not a melody. That same, that main pattern and main vocal line that he was doing throughout the song, the chorus. Um, and so, but it was at least a unique pattern. It wasn't just like, wah, 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 wah. You know, it was unique and, and it was good. And his tone, especially in his highs, I really liked it. It was just really raw. And so, liked the vocals a lot. The drums also were really switching up the beat a lot, so you got a lot of different energies throughout the song. Um, I think the biggest issue with the song was the guitar tone itself, not necessarily the riffs, but the guitar tone itself. I could also kind of tell that the guitarist plays a bit softer um, than a lot of guitarists might. You can just you can hear that the guitar doesn't have like this um, attack that it should. Uh, that's in tone, and then also just in how hard the person plays physically. Um, and so the guitar tone, I think, would be the biggest issue in the song, the songwriting, the riffs, everything all's fitting in the, in that genre. And it has really good energy, which is the most important aspect. And then I really wanted one big climax, one big, like hit, you know, a big vocal part into a big smash. Um, but I think just the tonality, the production is maybe what was missing on that. Cause there was parts that hit, but just, you didn't get it from the production. So overall, Good song uh, for the genre. It's not necessarily a genre I listen to a lot, but I do appreciate that genre, and I love um, a lot of bands that are in that genre. And so, RDMR. With the, I wish I knew if they if that was like supposed to mean something. Uh, I, I'm sure it does. But <laughs> RDMR with the song Trader. Let's get into the next song. This is a song called Atlas by a song called Corbian. I say it was a song called a band called Corbian with a song called Atlas.
nice. That was Corbian with a song called Atlas. Some really good classic metalcore right there. Um, it's like that's my favorite style of riffing, my favorite style of like guitar playing for sure. Um, just because it's like the catchiest kind of riffs that maybe it's just because nostalgia, like that's what I grew up with. And that's my favorite style of guitar to play. Um, So maybe that's why I like that. That genre just resonates well with me, you know, 2000s metalcore. I I love it. And, uh, you know, they pretty much pulled that genre off perfectly. The vocals really, really good. I loved the high screams. I really wish I had a better high scream. (laughs) Like these last two bands had such good uh, like high vocals. I, I wish I had that personally. Um, so I really like that. And the chorus, good, good tone on the singing voice in the chorus and a uh, good production overall. And the drums really, really good dynamic drummer, uh, you know, playing, he, he covered all the chops, <laughs> you know, he did the thrash beat that to get, to get, to get, did the Euro blast, did a normal blast, did the, you know, fast double bass in the chorus. Like he, he covered all the standard chops that you need in metal and so drums were covered, absolutely. Uh, guitar solo was a good guitar solo. I'm not a huge fan of guitar solos, but this genre has to have it. And um, they did a good version of guitar solos, so really catchy, kind of more melodic rather than shreddy. They had the shreddiness, but they also added in the melodic aspect. And so overall, um, good metalcore. The I guess the question is with this type of genre is how relevant is early 2000s metalcore in 2022 um there's a couple bands that are doing it still but um you know maybe falling out a little bit and so i guess the big question is how do you take this sound and modernize it to be relevant in the modern world now maybe you're not worried about being relevant maybe you're worried about just putting out music that you personally love and if that's the case then 100 percent like do it all day for the rest of your life um i guess the question is how far can you take this sound Um, I feel like a lot of bands that have this sound, like this style of playing, go more mainstream, right? So they they stop screaming as much. They start doing more rock singing with like metalcore in the background, right? So think of like Trivium. Trivium does like metalcore that has rock singing on it. Yes, they scream, but it is very much so more of a mainstream uh, thing. And so uh, just got to determine like how do you use the sound you love but make it relevant and make it possible to make a career out of it in the modern world. But yeah, really good, good style. It's my favorite, one of my favorite styles of metal, especially in the guitar riff side of it. Um, and so, yeah, very solid. I, I don't have really many complaints about the song itself because it was just right on par with everything in that realm. And so again, that was Corbian with a song called Atlas. And the next band we have is called Fallen Sun. The song is called Searching the Darkened Skies.
Mm, dang, dude. Okay. So, <laughs> Fallen Sun Searching the Darkened Skies. I think that is by far one of the best black metal influence songs I've ever heard. Like, oh man, uh, there's just so much here. Um, so right off the bat, I absolutely loved the energy. It was, you could tell it was like some black metal chords, even right off the bat, because I hadn't heard the vocals yet. And a lot of times that's one of the big tells for black metal for me is the vocals, right? Um, I, I said it was European-like black metal chords with metal chord lead. And so I really loved the lead in the beginning going over those really dark kind of emotional chords that you get a lot of times in black metal. Um, and then I just love the energy right off the bat. It's just boom into this fast, just high energy. Like I, a lot of this stuff, I immediately picture it at European metal festivals. It's just flawless. Um, another thing, the drums flawless. Like we've talked a lot about drums on this episode, right? The difference between program drums uh, and then drums that are recorded and then also just drums that are written by a drummer. Um, listen, like if you listen to the song again, which you should listen to all the accents on the cymbals going from the bell to the ride, to the splashes, to just all the dynamics. There's so many dynamics and little fills. That's the kind of stuff you can tell whenever it's written by a proper drummer, right? Um, and then also not programmed because they're not being held back. Like even if a drummer programs stuff, it might not be as natural as like this. Listen to this song. Listen to the little accents, to the bells and to the cymbal splashes and to just all the little fills and the little dynamics. Like it just, it makes such a difference. It really, really does. Um, it's crazy. And also this drummer, absolutely insane. Perfect. I, he was very creative in what he was doing. Um, and right on par with the biggest top tier drummers in this genre. So freaking beautiful. Um, and I just, so black metal is one of those weird things. And I'm sorry to this band if they don't necessarily consider themselves black metal, because I know some people are a little, they don't like that term or whatever. But to me, this feels like black metal, like a really melodic, emotional black metal, which most black metal is. But the melodies that they used in this were so sick. Um, the, you didn't even have to hear the vocals to know that this was an emotional song, right? The vocalist now, a lot of times vocals in black metal turns me off. Uh, this dude had a really solid scream and he did this freaking melodic scream at two minutes and five seconds. You guys need to go listen to that scream. He did this melodic scream where he was in his high, but he put a note to it and pitched it. It, it was one of the coolest sounding parts of the song but also like something that I didn't expect. And so uh, if, I, if Fallen Sun is listening to this, I would love more of those melodic screams like he did there, where there was like a note to that scream. That was so sick. Um, I also loved at 2.35, you know something is very, like these people did something really right whenever I write down specific timestamps for specific things. The guitar melody that they brought in for the bridge at two minutes and 35 seconds Amazing. Uh, such a sick melody. It's singable. It's memorable. And it was just so such a dynamic shift in the songwriting. This song for this style is written very, very well, even not considered for black metal, because black metal, a lot of it can be the same throughout. These guys had some really good dynamics. Honestly, this song right here, 
I'm going to their profile because I have to follow. These guys have 290 monthly listeners. Um, that was the best black metal song I've ever heard, personally. I am following them right now. I'm about to listen to all of their stuff. Very melodic, very emotional, very good quality. Everything about it, absolutely flawless. Their logo is really sick. I mean, they got it all, man. Uh, Fallen Sun, really absolutely a flawless, absolutely flawless black metal song. I freaking love it. That was that was crazy. Good job, guys. Good job. And real quick, I want to remind you guys about the Patreon thing that I got going on for the artists, right? Head over to patreon.com slash Johnny McBee. And the artist here, what you can do, we personally get on phone calls twice a month to where the whole band and me get together and not only work on the music that you guys are working on to make it as good as possible, but also to get your band set up properly to be able to accomplish your goals in the music industry and what you guys are trying to do, right? And you have full access to me and my assistant at all times with a private Discord server. You can hit me up anytime, you know, and if I don't respond that moment, my assistant 100% is going to, and he's going to also make sure that I do get back to you ASAP. And so you'll have access to me and my assistant at all times. And then also we get on a call together twice a month and make this happen for you. Not only make your music as good as possible, but make sure you guys are investing stuff in the right place. Make sure that you're contacting the right people and that you're going in the direction that is going to set your band off to the right path. And so again, patreon.com slash Johnny McBee. Head over there if you're an artist and you're really trying to take yourselves to the next level. And even if you're not a band, if you're a solo artist as well. And if you're not in a band and you want to support the Burn This World podcast, again, head over to the Patreon. The membership is $3 a month. That's three bucks. Three bucks a month to help support us get the voices of musicians and artists and industry people out there and help push this podcast to being even more full-time. And so I appreciate you guys. Let's get back into the next songs. Patreon.com slash Johnny McBee. Thank you. So we got the next band, and this band is called... It's loading, and there we go. We got Thrown Into Exile. The song is called Misfortune Follows. I turned up the wrong thing. Misfortune follows by thrown into exile. Here we go. Let's get it. Let's go. 
Heck yes, that was Thrown Into Exile with Misfortune Follows. Yo, that song had a really good structure. <laughs> um, and man, I mean, you can tell right off the bat, such old school influences, right? Those riffs, so sick, so memorable. Um, absolutely loved it. Had an old school vibe, had a raw, just intense vibe. Really liked it. I really liked the melodic screams in the chorus. Um, you know, I, I love when people do that stuff. They they have a pitch to their screaming vocal, and it just adds just that little bit of extra melody. Um, and he had a really, really good tone with it. Um, man, those riffs. That's like some freaking Slayer, you know, level riffs as far as just that, the, the simplicity, but with just that aggression. It just felt aggressive. It really did. And just super catchy. Um, I, the production, uh, that was one thing that I... It, it gave it that old school vibe, but it was very raw and it's, it felt like you were in the room with these dudes when they're jamming. Like really the, the tone of it all felt like I was standing right there. Like it felt like a live recording. It really did. And for this style, that is like perfect. If it felt like in the studio polished, I, I don't think I would have liked it as much. Like, yeah, they probably recorded it in a studio, but like that tone, it felt raw. And a lot of that probably came from the drums, you know, a big, a big room mic, you know, giving that vibe and putting me in that space. I, I felt in that space at 248. I loved the solo. He started off the solo with this really slow, like melodic, like bendy stuff. And then he went kind of shreddy and then he freaking shredded into the end of that solo into just a massive breakdown. That breakdown caught me so off guard. I actually got like kind of hyped. I'm not going to lie. Like I'm a pretty chill dude and, and some things don't get me, but that got me like, holy crap, because I was not expecting that breakdown to hit at freaking three minutes. Like that freaking blew my mind. And they did this really sick lead in the breakdown as well. Like just freaking flawless. Um, that song had the dynamics and uh, yeah, it might not be the style for a lot of people because it was a bit more old school, but you can't deny that the, the main riff in that was catchy as crap. And then also, that breakdown hit. <laughs> we all love some freaking good breakdowns. And I mean, like like Pantera had some freaking serious breakdowns. That breakdown they played in that song was freaking serious. I would say the end dragged on a little bit too much. Uh, but beyond that, like <laughs> for the style of it, dude, absolutely flawless. I'm actually going to give him a follow because like, I personally uh, kind of working on, you know, writing some riffs like that at times first or wanting to get better writing riffs like that. So I'm going to listen to these dudes thrown into exile and they're doing pretty well. They got almost 4,000 monthly listeners on Spotify that uh, super solid. And so thrown into exile, that song was called misfortune follows super, super solid. Very, very nice. Played a little bit. Teaser. <laughs> this song is called The Beginning by a band called The Head of the Traitor. Let's jam it. Yeah. 
All right, that was the head of the traitor with the song called The Beginning. There's a lot to go through on this one. Um, overall, love the tone. Uh, some of my favorite bands ever. Uh, Demu Borgir, Winds of Plague. These guys very much got the vibes of that stuff. I love orchestral stuff. Y'all know that. Um, love the orchestral vibes. Love the melodies. A lot of guitar melodies in this as well. A lot of um, like tremolo melodies that are really nice. A lot of really fast drums. Uh, you know, had all the hallmarks of like this orchestral heavy stuff, you know, and so very much about it. And let me tell you my favorite part of the song, the vocals. This dude used like a very old school, like vocal, um, I almost said technology, <laughs> vocal technique that uh, I absolutely love. This dude is powerful. You can tell if you're standing in front of this dude and he's screaming, it is loud. A lot of vocalists nowadays are very, very controlled and trying to be very quiet. I can tell this dude is loud when he's screaming. Um, you can just tell it has that intensity, just his technique. I absolutely love it. Uh, and so his vocals were the standout part for me, um, especially like the lows and those highs. Man, love it. Very old school feeling. It felt like like job for the cow, job for a cowboy type vocals. You know, you can just tell it's very intense. I would say. So here's a couple critiques. At 1 minute and 20 seconds, there was like a transition where everything dead stopped and it went to like this um, string thing that was just like a dead stop. And then there was a really long drawn out like string transition. I think that was a, uh, for the tempo and everything happening in the song right then. It was a little out of place um, and it was probably a little too early to go into like this slow kind of bridge transition. Um like maybe if there was some other element on top of it that was making that transition a little more intense, like one, you have to shorten it quite a bit because it was like a 25 second transition. If there was some vocals over that to make it a bit intense or just shorten it up. Um, and also just if there was more strings, it kind of hit and went to like a single note, like thing, kind of like the ending of the song did. Right. A little too early to let it die down that quickly. Um, and so, that was uh, that immediately kind of took me out a little bit. Um, and then uh, towards the end, they had this big extended breakdown. I love extended breakdowns. You could play a freaking four minute breakdown and I'm into it. <laughs> I'm all into it. And so I love that they did the breakdown with like the orchestration and guitar leads and all that stuff. And then they continued the breakdown, but they cut out all of that. And then it was just like heavy, right? And it was just like very basic breakdown. But for a band that has so much stuff going on, it's very smart of them to have the, the a couple moments where they take that out because it makes that part even more intense. And so I love that they extended the breakdown and they took out all of the orchestration and leads going on and just let that breakdown freaking do its thing. So I really appreciated that. Um, there was, though, at like three three minutes, 50 seconds, there was a guitar going that was like centered. I'm sure their thought process was probably, um, well, this is a big breakdown. We want to make it extra heavy. So let's throw another layer of guitars on it. Um, they had this guitar centered and, uh, which you almost never want to do, uh, unless it's like a transitional thing or like a lead. They had the guitar centered playing chugs and it was also off. Um, so this was a production error, um, straight up. Like if you're recording this song and that guitarist is chugging that breakdown, not on with the rest of the chugs you absolutely have to retake that crap or cut it up and make it on beat it's it's pretty off on that breakdown um and so that's just a straight up like error in production like you I, I don't know how you can hear that without realizing 
that is way off. It was very, very off. Um, and uh, then also at 4.30, they like continued the breakdown even more, but it went off into this like heavy kind of like dudes doing gutturals, which they were good gutturals. And they were doing like tritones on the guitars where it's like a really dissonant chug with like, it just like at 4.30 where the, where the extended breakdown went felt like stylistically completely different than the rest of the song, which maybe that's what they wanted. Um, but it kind of takes you out of this... Um, this vibe that it had, you know, it had like this Demu Borgir, uh, Winds of Plague vibe of like this heavy orchestral song. And then they're doing kind of like, I don't want to say slam, but doing like typical deathcore kind of tritone breakdown with some dissonant chords and some gutturals and, you know, stuff like that. It kind of, it just stylistically didn't feel like anything. And then right after that stylistic change, they went back into the main thing. I'm like, well, they could have cut out like the past like 45 seconds and went straight into that and it would have felt more stylistically uh coherent and so love the vocals love the orchestration love the breakdowns i'm all about it there's just a couple production things that i think uh could have been a little bit better and so that was uh that was the beginning by the head of the trader let's get into the next song this song is called Oh God, this is this is like a, a song that I the <laughs> way I feel like I I just make up words for song names. Um since since <laughs> I had no idea how to say that. Uh, the band is called Obsidian. Uh, Sin Essence. Sinescence. That's what I'm going to say. The, the song name is. It's like me making up freaking song names like anti sendency. Uh, Sinescence by the band called Obsidian. Watch you.
nice. That was Obsidian with Cinescence. And uh, yeah, good song. I, I like there at the end how they kind of brought back in the breakdown from the, the bridge at 110. And the bridge at 110, too, or not necessarily a bridge, but the breakdown, I would consider it a bridge, I guess, because <laughs> it was the main part that was different. But uh, they had a good like change of pace transition because the beginning of the song was just these freaking hammer blasts just like slamming you. Um, which I, I absolutely love hammer blast beats. That's what I call them. It's where pretty much everything is just pop, 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 you know, just slamming. I call those hammer blasts. I don't know if that's proper terminology, but anyways, I love that, that those hammer blasts were just going, had a lot of intensity at the beginning. And then at 110, they just changed the pace. They did a big transition with a big vocal call into like this bouncy, groovy breakdown. So good dynamics there. Um, as far as songwriting goes, I do wish that transition had a little more to it. Um, they were doing these like dut, 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 and then like a talk and then dut, 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 and then a little more intense of a talk, you know, um, I wish there were some more elements there to kind of give it a little more depth, you know, uh, and maybe that's just a vocal production as well. Cause the vo vocal production on this was very raw. Um, so maybe a little vocal production there could have helped a little bit, but maybe like a guitar lead in the background or something, you know, like very, very background just like a little bit of ambience to kind of give some more like fullness in that transition. What could have been nice. Um, but overall, and they brought, they brought back in that bouncy, bouncy breakdown again at the end to tie it together. And so, yeah, I mean, overall good song, uh, drums were very good guitars. There was a good, uh, dynamics in the riffs and, uh, yeah, that was a band called obsidian. All right, thank you for being here and listening to another episode of Song Reviews. And again, thank you for all the bands for submitting their music and being willing to be open for criticism. It's a very important thing to do as a um, you know a creative to take public criticism and try to better yourselves. And in doing this, I also better myself by thinking critically and hearing a lot of music that I wouldn't have heard otherwise. If you want to submit your music to be reviewed, go to burnthisworld.com. And hit up my assistant, Lunchbox. Send him an email, send him your band, and we will try to work you in on the episode. Again, thank you guys so much. Head over to patreon.com slash McBee. Become a member for only $3 and support the Burnless World podcast. And if you're an artist that wants to take yourself to another level, subscribe to the artist here on Patreon. Thank you guys so much. We will see you in the next one. Peace out.